not allowing other people's projections of who you can be to stint your ability to, to really go make something happen. Every time you post content and put it out in the world, it creates unlimited opportunities. How can we get really excited about every single day? And to be frank, there's been a lot of like, oh my God, is the company going to survive moments too? And being able to deal with those crises and being like, wow, we're still here after that. That happened a year ago or two years ago. Those things are probably what I'm like the most proud of. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and a Good Vibe. My name is Aisha Sarah, and I'm the host of this podcast and so immensely grateful for each and every one of you being here today. If you are a returning Coffee and a Good Vibe family member, hello, how are you? If you are new, welcome to the family. This podcast is all centered around mindset, entrepreneurship, and just good vibes, good energy, and positivity because there's an abundance amount of content out there, and I am so well aware of that. And my whole intention, whenever you guys come across a Coffee and a Good Vibe episode with any guests I bring on, is that you leave here uplifted and inspired and better than how you came. And in today's podcast episode, you will definitely leave so inspired, fired up, and also just with so much more value and knowledge because we sat down with the founder and CEO of Dream Pops, David Greenfeld. Now, if you guys have been a part of the family for a while, you might recognize David from our Coffee and a Good Vibe panel episode that we had back in March, which was an iconic panel of all male entrepreneurs in the CPG space from that event that we did at Soho House in Los Angeles. Now, we brought David back for a solo episode because this has been a long time coming. Ever since I had him on the panel episode and been connected with him, I've been following him so closely and everything that he's creating with Dream Pops. He truly made his dream a reality with this brand. And that is everything that we are about with the Coffee and a Good Vibe podcast and brands. We are all about living a life on your own terms, you know, creating any abundant desire, any dream that you have into a reality. And with hard work, with intention, with grounded, loving intentions behind what you're doing, you know, it's just a matter of time that your vision becomes a reality. And David definitely is on this mission to make healthy, 100% plant-based ice cream just available to the masses. And he is honestly crushing that journey. You guys are going to love this episode because whenever we sit down with someone who is, you know, so well-versed in the podcast space, is a speaker, is so front-facing on social, which if you guys are not following David Greenveld and Dream Pops on social, be sure to do so because he's posting so much value-based content every single day from his Instagram to his LinkedIn. And that is why you guys are in for even more retreat in this episode because David brought it. He hit it all. We went into everything from, you know, building this company, his background to how to even, if you have a brand and you're looking to get investors, he goes into his investing background and what he looks for as an investor. He goes into, you know, his mindset, his daily routines, his principle, his schedule, because he is such a busy guy. And with a mission like this, truly, you need to be optimizing every minute of your day. And David definitely does. He dives into relationships. He dives into entrepreneurship and my personal favorite, personal branding, because as a founder, as an entrepreneur, I think it is so important to be cultivating a brand presence online because of the abundance of amount of opportunity that it can bring to scale, you know, your venture and your life. 
So I'm going to leave it here and allow you guys to just soak in all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the growth, all the positive vibes that you guys are going to get in this episode. And if you guys are getting value at any point in time in this podcast, it would mean the world if you could screenshot your phone on whatever platform you were listening on and share it on social. Tag at Coffee and the Good Vibe, tag Dream Bobs, tag David and I, because we would love to shout you out, connect with you and support you for supporting this show. And it definitely helps this coffee and a good vibe family grow which is the sole intention behind a lot of the things we're doing speaking of which if you are in la new york if you are traveling to a major city keep an eye out on the coffee and a good vibe instagram because we are announcing all of our event dates for next year which are just all the good vibes in real life we do live podcasts we have amazing people like david like other entrepreneurs come to this event and it's such a great way to meet other people on this abundant life journey that are just in it with you i always say that your vibe attracts your tribe and when you come to these events that's exactly what you will find is people who are of that vibe who also embody and operate with that same ethos intention and energy so i'm gonna leave it here enjoy this amazing conversation and episode with the one the only david greenfeld Hello and welcome back to the podcast, David. It's been so nice to to be here in your home and to do this podcast with you. Thank you for having me. Honored and uh, excited for round two. Let's do it. I know it's going to be even better. And you guys haven't caught round one. You'll have to. I'll link that episode in the show notes. It's from our events. But this is going to be amazing because we are going to tap into so many things. David, you're the one that everyone comes to for advice, for mentorship. You built a huge company, Dream Pops, which we're going to dive into. And I think that, you know, for anyone who's not who is not familiar with you, you know, can you give us a little bit of background on like, who is David? Where did he come from? What was your journey into getting into entrepreneurship? Happy to. So I'm David, uh, founder and CEO of Dream Pops. Um, we've been building this brand for about six years now. We started with an ice cream popsicle and have since evolved into plant-based frozen bites. We now have a candy line called Dream Pops Crunch. But the broader thesis is to just take desserts that everyone loves, whether that's a popsicle, you know, it's Nestle's dibs, uh, malted milk balls or butterfingers, make them cleaner, better for you and plant-based with very few ingredients. And it's been an insane journey, a lot of ups, a lot of highs and lows. Um, but just really lucky to be able to every day wake up and, and build something that we're really passionate about. I love that. You have it down. Like, Nailed. And Dream Pops, we're going to really go into it because if you guys are watching the video, you can see like all the array of products and flavors and it's just beyond what you built. So where did the idea even stem from? Like, did you always like love sweets growing up? Were you like, I love ice cream. Like, this is my thing. Like, did you always want to go this path of an entrepreneur of entrepreneurship versus a traditional path? So I'm a diehard dessert fan, <laughs> dessert connoisseur. Um, like my favorite products um are like the dunkaroos the gushers oh, i remember those growing up dipping dots so i've really like great emotional memories with each, with each of those products mm. growing up that nostalgia yeah. and i think that nostalgia outweighed you know i always wanted to you know be a, a, a successful entrepreneur, uh, be a business person i worked in finance um have experienced a number of different roles oh, wow. but i think that um, you know, both my, both my parents are entrepreneurs, so that's always been instilled. And so this, uh, progressed over a number of years and was really the opportunity to go build something for, for myself. 
I love that. Okay, let's let's pinch into that. So you were in finance. What made you want to get out of finance? Because I know that probably you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it looks glorious from the outside. And then when you're in it, sometimes I'm like, wow, I wonder if I ever took that traditional path, you know, your, your salary is guaranteed every year. Like you have benefits. There's all those other things. Like I'm sure there was a lot of teeter totter in your head of like, okay, am I going to go into this new venture? What made you take the jump from finance to what you're doing now? Yeah. In college just was surrounded by a lot of people focused on consulting, investment banking. And Mm. I actually, you know, I have no regrets. I think to start your career in finance is incredible. You have Mm. job security, you have exposure to tons of companies and C-suite execs, but eventually, you know, three, four years in, I just, it it started to feel redundant and soul crushing. And the formula didn't seem like something I would really want to do for another five, 10 plus years. I'd also, you know, be at my desk eating Haagen-Dazs bars, pints of ice cream, et cetera. And I'd have these late nights and I was thinking, okay, like, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Before finance, I worked for a guy named Jesse Itzler. And he's amazing. He definitely has changed the course of my life and career. I was working for him for two summers and he just did something very simple. He had this uh, incubator called the 100 Mile Group. And he was using Facebook and Twitter at the time to build next generation CPG brands. So he had Zico Coconut Water, Health Warrior. He had a company called Sheets Energy Strips. And he was using these brands and building them and showing that you could compete with the biggest food companies in the world with influencers on Facebook and Twitter. And I was like, wow, you can build a career for yourself, building better for you food brands and products, um, leveraging the power of social media and the internet. That's insane. For contacts. Okay. How old were you when you wanted to leave finance? Yeah. So I quit my job at 25. I started there around 21. But that's self-awareness and more importantly, like internal belief in yourself, because in this coffee and good vibe community, I'm like so tight with this community. And I even living in LA, like I met one at the Equinox the other day. She came up to me and said she listens to the podcast and like hearing where she's at in her journey, similar, like a lot of people, they maybe know they have this awareness. Like I'm not loving this job that I went to school for. I have this amazing job at my, in that age range as well, but they're not loving it. But then they feel like scared to leave it. Cause it's like, you're stepping into the unknown, right? You got to have that faith mindset and that belief in yourself. Where do you think that stemmed from? Were you doing anything in that time of your life where you're like, I have this belief in myself. I know I'm capable. Yeah. I mean, I think great parenting. I'm lucky that both mm-hmm. of my, my mom and my dad were always like, go for it. In another life, I I was a rapper and, you know, made a number of hip hop like <laughs> albums actually in college. Can you give us some freestyle maybe, later? On maybe podcast? later. <laughs> but I actually toured in college and like, wow. you know, was making songs and you need to have a little bit of uh, confidence or belief yeah, in yourself totally. to get on stage and rap as you know, uh, you know, a Jewish rapper in, in, in the college that. circuit. I started a couple other businesses that didn't work. Okay. So in college, I had a boxed wine business called Just Wine, oh which was trying to be a better, for, like a, a unique uh, boxed wine offering that, you know, boxed wine can be pretty budget conscious and, and not as sexy. We tried to make boxed wine sexy. Yeah. Didn't work, but there are some cool companies doing it now. And wine in a can, other interesting packaging. Tried a few other, I had a sunglasses company that didn't work out. Um, and I just always was tinkering around with ways to build businesses and brands. And I think that that's what gave me the confidence to take a swing. I love this because, you know, like also this 
this background that, you know, no one would know if they just followed you on Instagram and they see dream pops and everything. They don't know like, okay, it took all these other ventures and all these other things that brought you the one that's like your legacy. And we're going to get into that. But I just love that. And I want to go into something before we get more into dream hops on just your background. You know, you're the one that everyone comes to for advice. You are a mentor, you're an advisor, you're an investor into other CPG brands. What do you see in other founders or other brands in the CBG consumer packaged goods for anyone who doesn't know the CBG term? Um, what do you see brands doing that makes you want to invest in them? And from the founder, the entrepreneur that you're investing in and the company. Yeah, it's really quick, very binary. Like the second I meet someone who's building a CPG product or brand, is this someone that's going to be building it for another 10 years? Like we've been building this for almost six plus and it takes five, 10 years to build a true food and beverage company. And so is this someone that's like, yeah, you know, year two, I'll flip it and on to the next thing that's never going to scale. Like I wish them the best of luck. This is way too hard. Mm -hmm. If you're just going to go do this to make money, this is not where you want to go. It's sexy yeah. and it's fun to like make food and beverage products, but it's one of the most challenging and competitive spaces out there. So one, are they going to build this for 10 years? Yeah. Two, is the product actually defensible and innovative? Like, is this something that another big guy can knock off in two seconds? Or is there a piece of equipment on the manufacturing side? Is there a unique ingredient or formula they're using? Do they have a marketing playbook like what Mr. Beast is doing where he's yeah. leveraging 100 million subscribers? What's their competitive advantage? Is it defensible? And then last thing, I usually like to bet on, on a very simple thesis, which is it's really hard to educate a customer to try a new use case, but it's a lot easier to replace something that's already a, has a cult following. So Chubby, for example, yeah. that's Uncrustable, a better for you Uncrustables. I can describe it in a second. And you, and most people would know that Uncrustable PB&J sandwich that Smucker has built into totally. a monster. That's a multi-billion dollar opportunity for Smucker. If someone can make a better for you, cleaner option, which the boys are doing, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of, that makes sense to me. Now, can they execute on it and, and make it happen? Oh, I love this. Any other brands that you're either invested in or that you are seeing in the space that you're like, oh, I have mad respect for what they're doing. Yeah. So just a few others. I mean, Ross from Daring, that whole team. I'm a big fan oh, of Daring Foods. The, oh my God. It's everywhere. And it's just got in Starbucks. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Um, Mezcla. I love that. It's kind of like a next gen Rice Krispie treat, which is really, that. really great. Love what Positive Foods is doing. It's uh, these ready to eat meals at Whole Foods and Bristol Farms. Yeah, check, that one check them out. They're really great. Plug Drink. Love what those guys mm. are doing. Twice, you know, my roommate Cody yeah. Levine, he has a oral care brand that is changing the definition of oral care. Um, and yeah, a handful of others as well. I love that. That's so that those steps too. I'm glad this is like recording. People can re-listen to that. Do you recommend also just on this note, um, entrepreneurs, founders to like really have a lot of skin in the game with, are you against when they just, I want to start this thing. I need investors like that whole mindset. Cause I feel like that is so what people think they don't even try to do a proof of concept and just start. I'm a purist, so I hate that more than anything. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, a ton of my own money and like my first investor was myself. So like, mm. I want to see that as well. And I want to see people show up and, you know, are they going to do sampling at Erewhon? Are they going to be demoing product? Are they going to be on the line making product if they need to? Or are they typically, you know, showing up to trade shows? There yeah. are these small things that are like, is that founder going all in or is this a hobby or an accessory? And if that's the case, and I have zero interest. 
love this. So you're all in on Dream Pops because you all truly in. are like all always in. at a trade show. You are like in the trenches, like you are doing so much for your brand. And I got to ask, what's the legacy vision? Are you looking to sell the company? Do you want to b- keep building it for another 20 years? Like what is the legacy behind Dream Pops? Yeah. I, you know, I always like to think of it as five-year stints or 10-year stints. I think that we can build... I like to say the the Willy Wonka of plant-based desserts. Um, I'm also a diehard Disney and Pixar fan. And there's a lot on the intellectual property and character development. And there's a lot bigger vision behind just the pops, the bites, and the actual tangible products. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that I don't talk a lot about, but it is starting to come out. And I tease it. Uh, with some of the, you know, the visual facts and some of the content we put out. So characters, IP, animation. But I'm kind of disappointed by some of the big players in candy and confection. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can be done better and with better for you ingredients. So that's kind of our game plan. So even with the the three things that you said about what you look for in mm-hmm. brands to invest in on the manufacturing and the component, what... Can you talk about Dream Hops and bringing this product to life? Because it is so different on so many levels. Like it disrupts the industry in a lot of ways, but maybe even I know the manufacturing in particular, because you said it on the previous on the panel, like you just tapped into it a little bit. But like the shape of the of the product is very hard to do. So could you speak on how you formulated this? Yeah. So, you know, basically we started making popsicles in my mom's kitchen and moved into bigger, like a 150 square foot commercial space. Uh, I kid you not, me and a couple others, like just making product and selling it into Erewhon and Whole Foods. And then we eventually got enough scale. We had 15 people on a line working nonstop, making this product, um, that geometric popsicle, it required these, you know, one one of a kind molds, liquid nitrogen, uh, you know, things that, to be honest, I probably shouldn't didn't even really know what I was doing in the early days. Why did you why were you so fixed on that shape? Yeah, that geometric shape, you know, there are very few food products that you know what they are without the packaging. A Hershey's Kiss, mm, you know a Hershey's Kiss. Totally. Um, you know, Palm Remember Wonderful. Remember the those candies growing up like there's one called like an it's Caduzzi or something. I don't know, it's Canadian thing. The popsicle <laughs> that had like a really weird shape. Right. I got show Memorable. You, you remembered it, right? Yeah, dip and, and dipping dots. Dipping dots. You know a dipping dot with or without the packaging. And it makes a difference actually with like what you want to eat. Yes. Too. Yes. So I'm very fixated on shape and design. And when you create something disruptive via design, it's insanely memorable and you can build a brand around it. And that's what when I mentioned Hershey's Kiss, when I mentioned Palm Wonderful, they have this bottle, even Calafia. People describe Calafia and they talk about the bottle, which is like this beautiful curved bottle. Mm -hmm. And that creates an imprint in people's minds. And it's when you look like everyone else's food products, it's going to be hard to stand out over time. And so I've been so fixated with this geometry because it really allows us to differentiate ourselves from the traditional moon-shaped bars and ice cream popsicles. Every popsicle is a moon shape. It's because every, you know, a lot of them use all the same co-packers and co-manufacturers. So designing a food product product that is different is how you're going to be around in a hundred years. And then on taste, cause some, a lot of people I'm sure is just like, you know what? It's fine. It's a food product. The taste is what matters. Yeah. So you did both the taste. Cause I want to talk about 
the I'm like a huge macro person, like yeah. protein, carbs. So I I'm like always been that person who like loves to look at the nutrition content. And when I saw the macronutrient profile of this, like it is so healthy and clean. And I was just like, how, how does it taste so good? Because even in like the bodybuilding, like growing up, I was doing competitions and like all the quote unquote, like diet healthy tasted so bad yeah. and it was full of artificial crap. And like, you'd be bloated after, even if the macros were low, like it was just not good. And yeah. this, I'm not just saying this cause you're inside me. Like it's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And there's a lot of diet products and better for you products mm -hmm. that have kind of had their ebbs and flows. It's um, like you get the macros, the ingredients are chemicals, all chemicals. Yeah. There's, I mean, in our industry and in candy and confection and ice cream, there's high fructose corn syrup, there's artificial flavors. Mm -hmm. Like we don't touch any of that. I also have seen a lot of popularity in erythritol, sugar, alcohols, alternative mm -hmm. sweeteners. We don't, we don't touch that. Um, for our brand, the values are real and clean ingredients, um, typically less than seven or eight ingredients. Um, we are all plant-based, so coconut milk is the base, but we want to deliver on a dairy product consistency via a plant-based product. No aftertaste, nothing that tastes kind of out there. How all. hard was this to formulate? Like how hard was it to get that bang the taste, bang everything that you're looking for. Yeah. And I, I will say we're six years in, we're still not there. We're always improving, but we have an amazing team that's helped great yeah. food scientists, people that have helped us level up the business. So that is so, it's so incredible. And everyone like after this is going to like be run into the store, Thank you. which is a good segue into retail placement because mm -hmm. you guys are everywhere. Where you could, I know you could speak to like all the distribution, like where are you guys right now? So we're in about 6,000 grocery stores now. We're planning to double that next year, uh, mainly like premium natural specialty accounts, uh, Whole Foods, Erewhon, Lassen's, Gelson's, Citarella, DeChico's, uh, great retail stores. We are now moving into larger big box opportunities mm. and uh, and trying to be really thoughtful with, with still maintaining quality. One thing I'll mention is it's really hard to have the cleanest ingredients and be in every grocery store in America and compete with the biggest companies in the world who put yeah. really bad ingredients in their products. And the consumers maybe in those areas don't care as much. As Correct. So like for us, we're making sure that our integrity is maintained as we get bigger and continue, you know, scaling mm -hmm. the company. And you guys are in Canada as well. We are. I love the Canadian market. It's amazing. And more U.S. brands need to be out in Canada. I know whenever I go back home for the holidays and like throughout the year, it's always such a struggle to find like certain almond milk brands that are really clean. Like all the things were spoiled at Erewhon and whole, even like the Whole Foods here, it's completely different than the Whole Foods back home. So it's just so, I know Jake, our friend, he's midday squares cause yeah. he's kidding. I was so thrilled to like have a bar I could like have that I could just grab and go. Cause it, there's just not as much, but the consumers want it so much. I know it's like more regulations just to get products through. But, and I give, you know, the Canadian regulatory bodies like a lot of credit. It's a, it's a much more strict process, yeah. but it's, it's great. And people looked at us like we were crazy when we went into Canada two years ago. Really? Why? Just because we're such a young brand to go into a new market like that. Oh. But I, I, it's one of the best decisions we've made and it's an incredible place to, to nurture like an early stage brand. Totally. Especially when I know there's competition, but like not, I don't think there's nearly as much with the clean ice. I know like 
there's not even as much like you dis- you disrupted the space, but there's just no not as many clean products. Yeah, there. less less competition, but uh, also just a really awesome demographic of consumers out there. I love so, that. Mm-hmm. So on retail, mm-hmm. a lot of people listening who are founders of CPG brands, they want to get their product or maybe they want to create something that they want to get in retail. But I know it's a, a beast to also tap into that. And I would love to hear, because I feel like you have all the all the quick tips. Do you have any like tips around how someone listening can start or even like think about what they should think about to get their products in all these retail placements? Yeah, I think it's starting with like being really thoughtful on where you're putting your initial products is is so important because here's the problem. Everyone wants to grow really fast. They think more grocery stores, more chains is going to mean, you know, more growth. You can raise money from investors and scale the company. It's actually the wrong way to think about it. Like what you want to do is find the initial anchor customers, Whole Foods, Bristol Farms, Lassen's, Erewhon, and build your base of business in 100 to 200 accounts and prove that it's actually going to work, like that you have a product that people really want. And those initial data points typically flow through to the bigger stores and the bigger opportunities. So you need to be really careful if you just launch into the biggest retailers in the world, like you could be in for six months and then they'll discontinue you and then you're done. Like you're never getting back in there. Do they, do retailers keep you on? Like maybe you sign a term, but then after, is it all dependent upon your sales? Yeah. So it's like applying to college every single year. If you like try and if you try and uh, when you submit for your brand to, to become, you know, to get dream pops into an ice cream set. So you're submitting to college every year and you present to this buyer or category manager that determines what goes on those shelves. And so Mm. it's really up to you to create a great case study and, and, and data like, Hey, here's how we're performing in these stores. Here's some of the social media initiatives we're making. Here's the marketing plan for next year. And you present. And then if the category manager buyer gives you a shot, then you meet 12 months later and you, and you look at how you did and how you executed on that plan. And so every year your business is up for grabs. If someone else has shown that they're winning and out competing you with the data, you could be replaced every year. So like the area you're in too, like, you know, you being an LA based founder, like, you know, you're always going to be like at the top here because everyone knows But you know, when you're entering a space that maybe you don't even live there, you're not nurturing Midwest, East, yeah, Southeast, so all over the country. And so you need an amazing, we have an amazing team, kudos mm-hmm. to our team, but we're always checking weekly. Like, how are we performing in this account? Yeah. Where are we missing? What promos do we need to run? Where do we need a demo? Should we look at an out of home campaign mm-hmm. or a digital marketing campaign? Oh, this is going to go so well when we get into some <laughs> of the other things I want to talk about you personally as like the human behind it, but D to C. So I also think direct to consumer so important. You know, I think a lot of brands too, during COVID in different niches too, they realize like, okay, wow. Like it's so important for us to have our, like I'm um, good milk was on the podcast. They're like, they're, they did Love so them. well. I know such an amazing founder behind it, but they're so much of their business came from them pl- supplying the milks to the coffee shops. But then when COVID happened, they had to really focus on D to C and selling their milks online. So you guys crush that. Do you, what's your whole take on like equally focusing on your online sales as well? Mine might not be as popular of an opinion, <laughs> but I'll speak candidly. I think D2C is a marketing channel for Ooh. food and beverage, not for all brands. Okay. For skincare, for other products, I think it's an amazing channel to build a business. I think for us, for food and beverage, 
Um, most categories in food and beverage, I think D2C is a great marketing channel to support your loyalists, to get subscription. Mm-hmm. But where you're going to win as a food or a beverage brand is in 100,000 grocery stores, convenience stores, big box stores in the United States. Totally. And I think like on the marketing note, like that also like people then know like, OK, when I'm out, because when I hear we're going to get into this, like I heard like I knew the brand before, but even just hearing like Ariel Lori, the blonde files, she was talking about your product just like when she was, she just discovered it, you know? I think she's probably at the grocery store, like, and she's obsessed. And like, you know, then all the people who are listening to her podcast are like, damn, I wanna go try this. And then it conveniently it's located everywhere that they can access it in their in their town, hopefully. Yeah, and the way that we look at D2C as a frozen brand, it changes when we're in candy, which is now D2C in a lot more, uh, makes a lot more oh, sense logically. Yeah. With frozen, we actually do not sell frozen D2C. Instead, if you go to our website, um, we will deliver to you based on our last mile partners. So anywhere in the United States, if you go to dreampops.com and you go to buy a bite, a frozen bite or pop, you will see instead of buy it here, select delivery option, and then it'll take you to GoPuff, Instacart, DoorDash, Gorillas, Gatier, Amazon That's Fresh. so good. And so you can get it delivered anywhere in the country in 15 to 25 minutes what? with those apps. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, uh, fun question. So, you know, your product's been getting all the buzz. It's like everyone's obsessed. Who has been, for you personally, like a holy shit, that's so cool. Like this person is having the product. I think with a CPG brand, you know, if you have like apparel, it's so cool when you see your product like out in the flesh and like maybe they don't even know like you're repping Dream Pop. So maybe like they don't even know like you're the founder or for you, like it's a product you eat. So like maybe seeing a post or seeing someone even out having it like what has been like a surreal pinch me moment like that's so cool this person's obsessed with my my brand yeah i think it's less about one individual person the coolest parts are when i go to like a random place in the united states and i step off a plane and i go into a tiny grocery store or like off you know any grocery store for that matter and i see like a beautiful shelf it's it's like whole, like this is wild. Canada was probably also one of the bigger trips. Like when I went really? to Canada and I walk into like a Loblaws or a Sobeys and I'm like, wow, like we're here in another country. It's French Canadian, uh, French and English packaging. Yeah, like, so cool. Like there are people outside of the U.S. consuming the product. That's like mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it's yes, it's super cool. Whenever anyone tags us or is posting content, it's amazing. But it's more just, I love flying anywhere in the country. And being able to find the product. That's on the so show. cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. With that note, um, with like everything you guys are like creating in Dream Pops, has there been, I know for your answer, it might be like, oh, because as an entrepreneur, you're like in this journey mm-hmm. and you sometimes don't realize like, oh, I actually like, I'm, I'm so far beyond, like I'm so well advanced in this journey. But, you know, we're always like chasing that next win, that next win. But has there been like, one moment within the dream hops growth journey where you're like damn like we are that domino hit like i feel this like was there one like moment and it there doesn't have to be either because it's different for everyone yeah i mean yes there have been moments where i've been like wow this is amazing i will also say that we have really big aspirations and it still feels like there's always like another thing and another thing like there were times where like man when we're in whole foods like it'll be awesome and when we launch the crunch it'll be awesome it's 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 really i've stopped thinking like that because 
it's not healthy and always having that destination is not a great formula for, for me. It's how can we get really excited about every single day? And to be frank, there's been a lot of like, Oh my God, is the company going to survive moments too? And being able to Mm. deal with those crises and being like, wow, we're still here after that, that happened a year ago or two years ago. Those things are probably what I'm like the most proud of. I love that. Well, the journey's ever evolving. It's just so exciting to like, even this podcast, right? Like in a year, two years, it's going to be a completely different brand with, I can't even imagine what other products you're going to have. <laughs> um, I want to talk about personal branding um, because I think I'm on the side of like founders should be having a personal brand presence. Like you don't have to be an influencer linking like your whole outfit every day. But like, I think that it's so important to document, you know, parts of your day, you know, the fact that like, you are doing different podcasts. You're at you're at different trade shows. I think it's just so important. And I want to talk about this a lot because you're someone who I look up to in the space who does this so well. And so many founders I know want to start doing this or maybe like don't even realize the potential of opportunities that happens when you do this. So what is your whole viewpoint on branding yourself as a founder? You're also, by the way, best in class at it. So like oh. I, I, I see everything that you you were doing in, in your team that's awesome Thank um you. i think that when you tie a personal brand to a brand it's a superpower and it's mm-hmm. so often overlooked and it's it's just another really really unique way to to build brand and community i think richard branson might be one of the best at it and so seeing how he's built mm-hmm. himself as a personal brand in addition to you know all of the virgin companies i think if it's probably back to even like I've put myself out there enough as a hip hop artist and a Mm -hmm. failed entrepreneur enough times where I just don't care what people think. And I think getting over that hump like three years ago when I started posting on LinkedIn and some of my colleagues from my finance days were like, dude, why are you posting on LinkedIn so much? Yeah, it was hard, but I was like, you know what? I don't give a crap. I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep going because I know that this is right. And like when we started doing TikToks, you know, some people are like, dude, are you really going to be like doing weird things on TikTok with your product? And I was like, it's getting hundreds of thousands or millions of views. Like this is working. I'm not yeah. going to care what other people think. I was talking about this with Kaylee from ClearStem. Also, like we were saying, people love the behind the scenes. Yeah. They love to see like what a founder does in their day. Even Amanda Page, like we were talking about this for co- when we had coffee the other day, because we were saying like, it, there's so much value into sharing that because it's just educating people. It's providing value. Like yeah. you sharing your day is providing value to other entrepreneurs because whether you realize it or not, like it's inspiring to see how much you do in a day. And like, I know it's a snapshot, like a, like a couple slides, but even that like is so helpful. And I think there's this mindset and I just think it's an excuse. It's just an excuse straight up. Like when I'm too busy, I don't have time because you make time if it's important. And then there's so many opportunities. Like I'm sure I know there's different entrepreneurs who have PR managers to book them for podcasts, but I'm sure being David Greenbelt, like you just get inbound requests like crazy. And it's like those kinds of opportunities. And you can be super like you can pick who you want to what opportunities you want. But I'm sure there's a lot of PR opportunities. Has there been any like really surreal, like speaking opportunities that you've been getting from. Being yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, constantly we're, I, I'm doing a speaker event in Terrania for Cascadia Capital, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Going to be with a handful of like really impressive uh, entrepreneurs there. But 
Yeah, I like I started a podcast like you and did 70 episodes. And wow, the idea was 70 episodes. With yeah. with Stick With Your Dreams. Okay, well, I'm sitting with all these founders already. We're learn I'm learning so much from them. Let's share it and and other entrepreneurs uh, can can benefit. So that was that. Then then, you know, networking was was really supercharged. Um, on your question, it just every time you post content and put it out in the world, it creates unlimited opportunities. Totally. Do you have a content strategy with like maybe some pillars you post in? Yeah. Um, it's I, so I really do run most of it myself. Um, I don't work with a PR firm or anyone managing it. It's more so I call them like our social dailies. So Mm. a couple, like one to two posts on LinkedIn a day, uh, two to three on TikTok, YouTube shorts, two to three, um, you know, an Instagram, uh, post like yeah, you know, static posts and a reel, but just we've been doing that consecutively for a number of years and it compounds. And yeah, like it leads to a speaker event, which then leads to a potential new investor meeting or a retailer meeting. And you keep doing that. You keep doing podcasts. Things are going to start happening. I know. I say this so much to people. It's like so much in the repetition. You can't just do it once. Like I know it's work, but like if you show up every single day and you're being repetitive with those pillars that you care about that are on true on brand for you, it like has that ripple because whether people realize it or not, like those speaker, like the people who's like looking to book you for speaking, like they're watching and over time, like you're top of mind with that. The thing that blew me away, like where it really hit was when I started looking at the engagement on LinkedIn a couple of years ago, like you're getting 20 to 30,000 people that see a, a post or a wow. video. That's a stadium worth of people and you don't have to pay for it. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not going to be around forever. There was a point where Instagram was like that, where you I could know. post and an influencer post and you got a hundred thousand likes, like those things go away with advertising. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, TikTok, LinkedIn, now YouTube shorts are unreal. You should be posting on YouTube shorts as mm-hmm. much as you can but you have these windows of like free attention grab and you can build brand off of that. And so that's, I want to make totally. sure we, you take advantage of that. And you guys are crushing this with dream hops as well. I know TikTok is a huge platform for you guys. Do you guys have any marketing strategy? I know like posting and being everywhere, but like anything that's worked with like a trend with TikTok or a way of posting on TikTok? Yeah. Um, it's a volume game. So trying everything from product focused uh, content. The things that are performing right now for us are in the factory, like when we show things on our lines or manufacturing, for whatever reason, those go viral right now. And yeah, you learn from your algorithm, your audience, what works. The same thing on shorts, on reels. So I think that's where it's a volume game of, okay, I'm going to put up some content of a podcast we did. I'm going to put up some content of behind the scenes, manufacturing, a beautiful plate that we, you know, put together with our product, yeah. seeing what really engages, like what, what the audience cares about. And it's so different for everyone. Like it's so easy sometimes to be like, oh, it works for this person who's similar to me. Like that's going to work for me because it never works out like that. It's so much about like actually finding something that's authentic to you because also, with the, the game of how much you have to put out, it does have to be very authentic to you and you have to love it if you have to put out that much content. The more raw, like those truths that you can find that everyone's thinking that no one wants to say, yeah. those are like the shortcut and the secret. And like, I notice when you get, when I get really vulnerable or like I say, hey guys, this is what was really fucked up at our factory. Yeah. These, these are the things that like go really viral and people want to, you know, consume. And I've also like lately a big thing that's been stemming with me is like social media is such an energy game as well. Like you have to 
feel like in the moment, we've been talking about that with the podcast, like whenever there's a moment that you feel like compelled to share or we catch a certain bite of someone like that, those are the things that hit. It's never when it's like planned that even with the podcast, like whenever I'm doing solos, I try not to make like an outline. Like I have like, like points that hit that I can then like go off on, <laughs> but I really try not to because it hits different when it is authentic. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that, that in the moment, content is all like it's sometimes i will make a video and be like this is gonna crush it yeah does terribly then there's some stupid video we post that we're like eh, it's kind of funny million views we're oh like, my all gosh right. it's so true <laughs> and even i find like even with instagram i know it's like more curated but like the more in the moment you can get with it and then also have an aesthetic like that's the formula yeah. but i also think on just like that note of founders entrepreneurs listening of trying to like get into posting content i know you come from a background where you were always posting on social, so it makes it easier when you're pivoting niches. For myself too, I used to post all fitness. And then now like that, I want to share more of the entrepreneur. Like it's just been like, I don't, I don't care. Like I'm yeah. just going to do me. Cause at the end of the day, like people never know the full story and like they never will from these like little squares or 10 second TikToks. So yeah. might as well just keep posting. Um, but I think that when people think too much too on it, of like, Oh, do I post this? Do I, po-? then they don't end up posting anything and then they stay exactly where they are. And with social media, you kind of just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say I am like disappointed. Like I would, I wish I could 10 X the amount of content. That I'm oh doing. my gosh. This you like, serious. you know where I'm going next though I'm with serious. this conversation because you do so much, right? Like even when I was like, when you were speaking about the retail and like how much goes into every store and like the meetings and the follow-ups and you're also at every trade show, you're speaking, you're traveling, like it's insane, like how much stuff you have going on. And I think it's important to talk about because it's inspiring. And I think people listening, like you should get inspired by it and also cultivate this hustle and this energy because if you care about something and you wanna scale a vision, it takes work. And I love that you like spoke on all of it. And I would love to ask you how you, how you balance it all, because you're also like, you're into wellness. You are so athletic. You eat healthy. You're an amazing friend, an amazing partner. Like you do all these things and you can have, I always say on this podcast, like you can have everything you desire and more, but how do you make yourself this person that can handle everything? Yeah, I think um, I used to be really mean to myself mentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think learning, like I do work with, you know, uh, like a life coach every Sunday. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. So that was a huge important thing to do, to take, take an hour and think about my family, my life, what I want to accomplish, business. Just like dissecting everything happening in my life once yeah. a week is huge. Um, every day I do do a morning practice, which is like breath work visualization, gratitude, and I put things in, it helping me put things in perspective, which is dream pops is amazing. And whether it's dream pops or whatever it is, like this doesn't feel like work. And so I mm-hmm. went from a formula of every day feeling like I had to do 90, 100 hour work weeks on things I didn't care about. Now I get, I have the privilege to wake up and do something I, I really love. So yeah. like, I'm going to lean into that. Am I going to be able to execute at this level forever probably not but i'm going to learn how to get team members and get you know a larger group together that can help us execute it i love it i think it's so much perspective and then like also like the season of your life like Mm -hmm. i i always tell myself too with like everything that's going on right now i'm like 
girl, it's the time you've been waiting for and you're you're young enough to handle it. Like the universe always brings you what you can handle. It never brings you what you can't. And yeah. it's like you have to continue to level up as a human so you can take it on, right? It only gives you what you're ready for. Do you have any other non-negotiable practices in your life that have been a game changer? I know the life coach seems like it's been like a huge... How long have you been working with the life About coach? About three years. Wow. Yeah. I would say, and shout out to my girlfriend, Kaylee, because... She's, love Kaylee. she's the best. We, she's, she's on the podcast. <laughs> she's been uh, really helpful with thinking about my health and supplements, which I, I just wasn't spending as much time thinking about and compounding, you know, cer- certain multivitamins and sinus supplements that I need and yeah. moving that, you know, pairing that with, you know, make non-negotiables on working out and eating right. It's it like allows you it, it really can change your life. So that's been awesome. Oh, she's like the queen of nutrition yeah. and health yeah. and biohacking. And you just make a quick replacement on something you're eating that I, you know, I have a sweet tooth, so I eat all sorts of crap. And then you remove that, replace it, and it cha- it can and change. And also how like you feel. yeah, it helps your energy so much, yeah. right? Um has there been like uh, or do you have like a particular diet you stick to or like supplement protocol, like any details you could give there or yeah. even with your w- workouts? Like, do you stick to any particular workout? Do you have like a method around that? Yeah. So I, I f- go flip flop between psych- like cycling and running and then I do a little bit of weight training, um, try to work out four to five times a week. Um, in addition to that, I was fully vegan for a oh, year, wow. but I now do eat a little bit of fish because to be on the extreme, I, I don't think for me, a plant-based diet was the most, um, you know, it wasn't the best for my, my overall health. So I think moderation is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a pretty bad sweet tooth and sweet problem. <laughs> so I try and not, so so I, I just can't else. keep them in the house. So I, if I buy it, it's going to be, it's going to get eaten. So self-awareness. I, I just keep dream pops in the house. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, when you travel, do you keep this up? the same routine it's challenging i definitely i go i like will bring workout clothes so i'll go for a run i like to do that I, I try to get a gym session if i can but that's the airport you know offerings for like food and restaurants around the country it's it's not as easy so but it's the honest truth and we yeah. love the honest yeah. truth yeah um with you know like your life and your men and mentors that have served is there anyone that's been like a someone who's like really hit a chord i know your life coach probably jesse it's anything else any books that's changed your life anything you could plug takeaways that people can like look into yeah um kai the that the life coach my life coach he's been awesome in terms of just opening is he the navy seal no that would oh. be awesome though i, I what's his name david goggins is who you're thinking of there's another guy who's like a i think his name was kai and he's like a navy okay no but I'm sure he's awesome. I'll have to look into him. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Howard Schultz and how he mm. built Starbucks and also is just very philanthropic, how he thinks about building companies. I'm a big Bob Iger fan. It just comes back to creating a legacy in a company and thinking in 50 to 100-year terms and living your life that way not not only being obsessed with profits but also like being passionate about community and brand and values Mm -hmm. and bringing people together around something that you really love love that that's beautiful so i'm huge on manifestation i'm like i love to speak things into existence anyone who hangs out with me like even on a friend level i get into this talk because i think it's so powerful and what we speak like it shapes our reality so 
what are you excited about? Like speak into existence some of the things that you are excited to come. We're going to go professionally, but we're also going to go personally on like a personal life too. Yeah. Professionally, like continuing to innovate across different categories with Dream Pops. So candies, other confections, you know, looking at those staples that are currently in everyone's pantries. How can we reimagine them so with cool. plant-based ingredients? So that's one. Personally, balance is, I, I'm not a balanced person, like period, the end. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't need more balance right now. I like the way that my life is. I would say continuing to be kinder to myself and make time for myself to do mm -hmm. things outside of work as I have the opportunity to do so and the company evolves to that point is something I look forward to. I love that. I think it's so important because, you know, we're in this journey for the long run. We got to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so I would love for you, we're going to have everything linked in the show notes below, but can you plug away your socials, dream pops all verbally and like also the offer, like where they can get dream pops? Yeah. So you can find us on dreampops.com. Um, I will create a coffee and a good vibe. CA. GV code yeah. for you guys, 20% off. So please check us out there. Um, myself at Dave underscore Greeny can find me on LinkedIn, just my name um, and on Instagram at dream pops. We'll have it all linked in the show notes because you guys are going to want to just get hooked on the products like I am and follow David because literally everything you said about personal brand and branding, like you will see what I'm speaking in this podcast, like you crush it. So we always like to end our podcast episodes with advice, you know, like maybe, and it's kind of like, you could take the advice anywhere you'd like it. It could be the best piece of advice that you have received in your journey, or maybe that you would tell yourself 10 years ago, five years ago in the journey, just something profound. That's like, it could be a quote. It could be like a piece of advice, any statement, but something that will just hit and it will hit like anything that comes to your head first, maybe that's just what you should. Yeah. I think, I think remembering that every thing, every business, every product, every service was created by another person that is equally as talented or driven as yourself, if you want it bad enough. And mm -hmm. so not allowing uh, other people's projections of who you can be to stint your ability to, to really go make something happen. Um, mm -hmm. remembering that it's going to take time, like patience would be my biggest uh, piece of advice to myself starting out because I wanted things to happen overnight and I'm so used to you read the headlines and you're like oh this company raised x million and you know they're in all these stores and typically the things that happen really fast don't last so that's a, a really good piece and then um, when you break the cycle and pull out the programming and you learn to wake up every day building something that you love uh, you're not, you're no longer playing the same game. You're in this, what we, what's called uh, infinite game, which Simon Sinek has mm. a book about. And so going from a finite, you know, day to day of trying to work, show up at work nine to five, et cetera, versus going to an infinite game where you're waking up, you're always working, you love to work, but you also can make time for yourself and you're not um, so concerned about you know, a really limited amount of time that you have to be at work. I think it, it's life changing and, and I'm grateful to be in that, in that zone. Mm, that's beautiful. You gave a lot of good gems there. So you guys can re-listen <laughs> to this. This whole episode is like filled with gems. So David, thank you so much. For
for your time. Even today, I have even like more awareness on how insane your schedule is. And I know the community and myself are just so grateful. Thank you for having me and for sharing my story and other founder stories. I think it's amazing. And uh, yeah, I was really grateful to be on. Thank you. More to come, guys. Check out Dream Pops. I'll have everything linked in the show notes and we will see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with us today and listening to this week's podcast episode. If you got value from this week's episode, it would mean the world if you could share this episode with a friend. Copy and paste this link on whatever platform you're listening to and send it to a friend or moreover, give this podcast a rating review on whatever platform you're listening on. It means the world and definitely helps this podcast reach more people. I'm sending you so much love wherever you're at in your day. And remember that your good energy has such an impact on the world. So operate with those good vibes, good intentions and loving energy and watch your outer reality be a reflection of just that.